Welcome to the Intern Whisperer Live, the show all about the future of work. Reminder, listeners, you can call us live on the air. The phone number is 407-582-2906. You can also chat with us online through the Intern Pursuits Facebook Live chat. Coming up in this episode of the Intern Whisperer, if you're looking for internships, you can sign up with Intern Pursuit at www.internpursuit.tech. And our guest tonight is James Evans. He's the team lead with Kilted Team Century 21 Alton Clark. So how can you find Intern Whisperer and Intern Pursuit? You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find our game, Intern Pursuit the Game. We have our own website, internpursuit.games. And you can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. You can listen to us live on Valencia College Radio, yay Valencia College, and watch us live on Facebook. So hopefully you're doing that tonight. And if you want to be able to call us, you can call us live on the air. The phone number is 407-582-2906. And you can also chat with us online through Interim Pursuits Facebook live chat. So here's hoping. We have live chat. Orlando Devs is a nonprofit organization made up of a community of software developers in Orlando. Whether you love writing code or just getting started, you're welcome to check out Orlando Devs Meetup to connect with software and IT professionals. Their website is www.orlandodevs.com. Thank you, Orlando Devs, for being a patron of the Intern Whisperer. this music thank you charles fleming one of our sound engineers this is awesome music tonight um so interim pursuit news students do you want to work with one of our great employers or with interim pursuit go to internpursuit.tech to sign up and create your profile it's free and employers of all types and sizes are invited to be part of our early adopter beta program and take advantage of special pricing by the end of december 31 um, I think we need to have a Black Friday cyber special. I know it's Cyber Monday, but I'm thinking about it. <clears throat> and you can contact us at info at internpursuit.tech for more information. If you want to play our game, go to internpursuit.games to check it out. So James Evans, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Isabel. Thank you. Oh, I'm really um, thrilled to have you on here. So a little backstory, just so everybody knows. I met James when I went to Virginia for uh, Breezy, I'm going to go ahead and say Garamond's uh, <laughs> wedding, but it, before it was Breezy, or uh, Brittany Stanley, and she had interned with me. She and I became friends over the course of now, it's five years, and um, I had the honor of being able to officiate her wedding, but you were there, and you just had this uh, really great story, and I said, I really wanted you to be on the show. Yeah, it just worked out that we were both local, and... Uh... I think this will be a great, great chat. Yeah, I think so. Especially because here's this great picture of you. You threw your hat into the ring and now you're going to be, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but you're getting into the political realm now. That's right. It's, uh, you have to serve. Public service is always a, it's a must. It's truly yeah. a must. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So Sydney, you did the research over here. Why don't you kick us off here? Okay. What led you to a career in real estate? And what discipline is your background in? So real estate has always been an exciting field for me. Uh, so I was always that nerd as a kid who, you know, from the time I was eight years old, was reading the Wall Street Journal. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've always been really interested in finance and economics. That's what I went to school for at UCF. Okay. So real estate has a lot of interesting tax advantages and... There's a lot to it. You've got people, you've got logistics, you've got critical thinking, finance. So it was just a natural natural progression of my own skills and, and interest. Okay. So go Knights. <laughs> go Knights. Yeah, Charge Sydney on. is a UCF uh, student mm -hmm. and going to be graduating. And just so you know, the one in the back of the room here, he is a go Knight guy also. Fernando. Are you a go Knight yeah. guy? Okay. Yeah, he's not going to talk because he's filming. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Next question. As a teenager, <laughs> you had a rough story. Please share with our audience that story that made you into the person you are today. So it, it truly did make me into the person I am today. Mm -hmm. um, so when I was 15 years old, I had a 
couple of uh, terrible interactions, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So I was paraplegic for six months after an accident and in a wheelchair, had a a life-altering surgery, um, something that I I literally carry with me every day with Mm -hmm. a, a large scar. And I... My father died that year, Mm -hmm. and I was also diagnosed with a super rare eye condition called Mm -hmm. blepharospasms. One in 20,000 people get it. Mm. And, you know, you're 15 years old. Your life literally turns upside down. Uh, I'm blind for a lot of this because they haven't diagnosed me yet, so I'm not receiving treatment for the eyes. It it took a lot out of me. Um, Mm -hmm. I went through a depressive state for a long time. I've, you know, I've had a lot of issues with that. But now I am who I am today. Nothing can take me down, and I'm I'm the positive person you see before you. Yeah, I love that. It was like so much adversity, and I think that that's the thing that is a very important to remember. When we're in that pit of despair, everything can seem very dark and mm-hmm. like there's no way out. But many times um, there are, and it's going to be through either really supportive people around mm-hmm. us that are loving us despite all of the... The things that we're experiencing, it can be um, honestly listening and having a spiritual life. Um, it can be putting yourself in a place with uh, a therapist, and sometimes it's medication. Yep. And and with mine, I, I went through all of it. Um, wow. It, it took me four years to finally get out of my pit of despair, and I've never looked back. Yeah. So. And I know it did shape your life. One of the things that you had talked about is um, how you carried that positivity into your your profession that you have now and you're a realtor Mm -hmm. so you have that finance side you understood that and you know i'm gonna guess you have a good sense of marketing here how did you start your business so i actually started it with just grit and hard work yeah Uh, i was when i started real estate i was actually a 911 dispatcher for the seminole county sheriff's office so that's a very difficult job. You're working 12-hour shifts, but the oh. bright side is you only work seven days for every 14-day pay period. Oh, wow. So I got, my, I got my license in the meantime, and I worked 85, 90-hour weeks for 18 months without a vacation oh. building my business while I was working two full-time jobs. And it was very difficult. It was very hard on my family, but that's really what allowed me to do what I do today with a flexible schedule and public service. And it was important. That's why I did it. And uh, you got to have fun. (laughs) Yeah. I know that I had said this uh, to a lot of people that I've been discussing. The entrepreneurial journey is that um, people talk about overnight success and it's really not. It's It's, uh, 15 years. (laughs) Mm. It takes a long time. It's not really 15, but it takes a long time. That's the point. Yep. And it it doesn't really happen that way. Good two years, the IRS will make you wait two years before you can actually um, say, okay, well, it's not a hobby anymore. It seems Mm -hmm. to be a real business. Um, And then you move into another level of you got to continually invest in that company, put marketing dollars in it to see it grow. So you've got a pretty sizable business now. We, yeah, we just added on a, a team <coughs> member, uh, so I've got an, a partner with me, I've got a trusted lender, I'm studying for my broker's license at this point, and we're, we're just moving, we're, we're doubling business, um, so my first year I sold, we tripled business in our second year, and, wow. and our third year that we just finished, uh, we almost doubled again, so next year we're, we're looking to have another 50% gain in, in business, and So you must not be on a calendar cycle for your fiscal year. (laughs) Your fiscal year must be, uh, I guess, end of July or June? It's October. Yeah. Oh, October. So it goes from your your licensing date. Okay. So I was licensed October 18th of 2016 and... That's, that's your anniversary. That's my, that's my anniversary. Yeah, I got it. Oh, that's interesting. I did not know that. Does that anniversary date or the way that it's set up, does, is that only specifically in the real estate industry or does it apply in something else? Don't know if you know that one. That's a curveball there. I, so the reason it is the way it is in real estate is that's how your broker keeps track of, you know, a lot of, a lot of brokerages have what they call caps or, you know, volume limits. So if you hit a certain amount, you get rewarded by having a higher commission split. Mm. But it's always done on your anniversary year, not your calendar year. So yeah. that's that's why I keep my calendar the way I do. 
Oh, well, you've got a fan up here, Steve Fulmer, so you might want to say hi to Steve. <laughs> so Steve actually just uh, had a wonderful Veterans Day. He's actually an Army vet and a wonderful commercial banker at Citizens Bank of Oviedo. Very highly trusted and respected. Oh, well, nice to have you on the show tonight, Steve. Thank you for uh, putting in a comment there. <laughs> so little shout out. <laughs> All right. So, Sydney, where are we? We are as a realtor, how do you think you connect with your clients to make them feel comfortable and to trust you and give their business to you? So it's going to sound really cliche, but Say it anyway. it's it's honestly just about being honest. There you go. People can tell. Um, people who are genuine, who act themselves. Mm-hmm. I I don't take myself very seriously in this business. I take my business very seriously, right. but I don't take myself seriously in the business. And... I'm always looking to ease my clients. I don't care how many times I have to say the same thing over and over. I want them to almost feel like they could do it themselves. Mm. I want to explain it in a way that they get it, but not so well that they think they don't need me. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's really been the key. I mean, it's, it's truly just about honesty and being genuine with your clients. It also sounds like you um, take that role of, being a partner with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, you know, you can, they feel empowered, but they also feel like, oh, there's somebody that's got my back. It's, it's a trust <clears> relationship. <throat> it yeah. really mm-hmm. is. Um, and as a realtor, you wear a lot of hats. Uh, you wear, you know, a, a realtor hat, you wear a financial hat, you mm-hmm. wear sometimes a sex therapist hat. Oh, wow. Um, there, there's a, a lot of things I've learned about a lot of my clients. Hmm. and uh, That wouldn't normally come up in regular conversation, I'm going to say. Precisely. Yeah. You know, yeah. you get that dynamic because you're seeing them in an intimate ma- home, your, your intimate manner. You're trying to find their home. Yeah. It's not a house. It's a home. Mm-hmm. And so you see a lot of stuff that is a personal dynamic. And it's an interesting job. It Obviously, you can't disclose anything. It's all confidential. But... Uh, it really is fun, and but it's about being genuine. Yeah, I get it. Um, okay, so you're, I'm going to look at the question that we have here. Your Facebook page is awesome. I know that Sydney, um, she did the research, like I said, and it had a lot of engagement. Um, it did have really good reviews. And you have pictures of you with a lot of the people that you've helped place in home. So it's a very, it's a very happy thing yes. that's being experienced there. That's for sure. Um but how do you, what is it that you put out there? How do you pick your content? Um, there were some funny posts. You know, how do you just keep up with it? Because that's marketing. Mm-hmm. And um, your approach is different because you wear a kilt. Yep. And I think that's significant. Um, it's how people, you've branded yourself that way. And why? Why did you choose the kilt? So the kilt really does go back to my my nicknames from from high school actually um i was always big burly kelt big burly man so i i kept that all the way through college honestly um so i i started wearing the kilt as kind of a gag to go out with the guys drinking at during my ucf days <laughs> and uh, had had a lot of fun with it that's honestly why i bought it for the first time but my wife and i were like well how do i break into this market i i live in winter springs so there are Big agents that have been doing it, one of them has been doing it longer than I've been alive. She's super successful. There's very, quite a few successful agents just in my city alone. How am I going to compete with them? I'm this yeah. young, you know, I was 27 at the time. How do I break into that market? And I broke into the market by doing something nobody else was doing. Um, I, I took a branded approach instead of just your real estate person that everybody does. Mm-hmm. I took a cartoon logo. And I went from a value-added client position. Mm-hmm. So it's not about, yeah, I can sell you how sure, but what else do I bring to the table? Mm-hmm. And that's really how I've been able to put up the numbers I have so quickly. Yeah. I think it's a very fun approach also. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what did you think, Sydney? Like you said, it wasn't your typical, mm-hmm. like, stuffy, I'm, I'm trying to put off a serious look. And I think it was something in addition to your personality to make people feel comfortable with you, that like you said, you didn't take yourself too seriously and that you were inviting like a friendly atmosphere for your clients when they work with you. I thought it was great. And it's also very family oriented also, I think because, you know, kids might go, well, what is he wearing? You know, why? (laughs) And it creates a conversation where, 
you know, kids ask things that adults want to ask, but yeah. they, they don't. So, um, yeah. And I mean, specific to, to Facebook though, it's, you have to understand the platform you're on and people scroll through Facebook. They don't want to be sold all the time. They get sold everywhere. Mm-hmm. Facebook is where you keep up with your friends, your family, you know, where it's you like say happy the front birthday. of the refrigerator. That's what I call it. Exactly. So how do I put up things to stay top of mind, which is what a lot mm-hmm. of my content is for. It's for just content marketing top of mind with a few real estate things thrown in. Um, so that's that's really the big key. But we're getting 30% engagement, which is unheard of in this industry. So. Yeah, that's huge. <laughs> and one of the things that I've seen is that um, I think most people in real estate are very conservative yes. in their, the way that they present themselves. And so you've gone in this whole different direction that's just fun, it's lighthearted, it's about certainly knowledge and bringing that trust factor in, like what you said, but it's definitely something that makes you stand apart. And I don't think that the uh, beard hurts either. No. You know, you've got that little red thing going on in there too, so it matches. I Believe it or not, I actually, I go to Highland Games, you know, if you can believe it. Oh, I uh, (laughs) can't. So even, so Winter Springs actually has one of the largest Highland Games in the area. And even at that Highland Games, where 80,000 people come over the span of two days, people still pick me out of the crowd. Like, that should be the one day a year that I don't stand out. Everybody's in kilts, everybody has big beards, and people still come up and say, Hey, James, how you doing? You know, I saw your ads on Facebook. Yeah. It's really amazing. So. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so I think that the lesson learned to all of our listeners and to those in the room is... I think in uh, high school, not I think, but what I've observed is in high school, everybody's trying to look the same. What we always need to remember is that we need to be ourselves and just be who we are and not worry about trying to look the same, but brand yourself that way and stand out for all of the glorious things that make you you. Yep. Yep. Okay, so the next place is where we are in our questions. The heartfelt story. So what was that all about? Yes. So when I was looking through your Facebook, being thoroughly entertained by all of your funny posts, I really loved them. Um, So I saw you talked about a story when you went to the bank and you paid off a woman's late fees and she was so grateful for that moment. And you said that's what marked for you when you would start doing community give backs and making your business about the people. So I saw that you were helping a teacher. I can't think of the school, but I know your son goes there. He used he's to, yeah. or used to, and he's very cute, by the way. <laughs> and then you started Silk Classroom when you helped a teacher who was going from teaching kindergarten to fourth grade. Yep. And it's Silk Classroom, that's the name of it. So can you talk about your vision behind that? Absolutely. So um, I, I was able, I had the fortune of helping out Ashley Berger over at Winter Springs mm-hmm. Elementary this year. And we, we knew, we, we did something like it last year. So this was technically the second year, but the, it was the first annual. Where we actually had a name for it. Right. Um, but it really started from, from last year. I had a friend who teaches uh, the fourth grade, actually. And there, so my son was in pre-K over there, and there mm-hmm. was this big wall that had all of their needs. The teachers had needs on this wall um, in the cafeteria. And they were really easy. I mean, pencils, uh, the my friend actually needed headphones for her classroom. She only had two headphones for like 20 kids. Yeah. And so I was like, well, can I throw money at the problem? Right. I mean, I, I couldn't have done that at the sheriff's office making what I did, but I make a comfortable living now. Can I just throw money at you? Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what she needed. She literally just needed money thrown at her. So we went out and we bought uh, 20 pairs of headphones for, for her classroom. Oh, wow. That's Um, generous. And, but, I mean, you, you can be smart about it. We actually mm-hmm. spent way less than you think. I mean, it mm-hmm. sounds like, you know, you think about the uh, Apple Pods. And right. Like, you know, 100 bucks a pop. <laughs> but Dollar Store sells headphones. Um, well, wait, do you yeah. mean like earbuds yes, or like the ones actual, that go the muffs, over? Yeah, the ear muffs that okay. go over both ears. Because, um, you know, kids break stuff. Right. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, so we, and so with Ashley, we, we wanted a teacher who's only been doing it three years or less. Um, we wanted... Because we want a young teacher. They're not the ones who are able to go to the school board and get more funding for right. XYZ project. And uh, I said, what do you want to do? What? Give me your wish list for your ideal classroom. And she did. And uh, we bought everything on the list and still had money left over. So we bought her a bunch of classroom supplies. Yes. So, I know she was so grateful. For she that. was very excited. She turned out to be an amazing teacher as mm-hmm. well. 
I think everybody, because I used to teach in the public school system, Mm -hmm. and I think every teacher there is amazing, honestly, because they do... I know I did. I went out and bought all of my own supplies, and I would buy things for the kids, too. So um, very giving profession. Very. And and I've got a lot of teacher friends, and uh, it's it's just an easy way to stay in touch and do something nice with really no consideration. I mean, obviously, you put the marketing up because that's what I do, but... I would I would do it honestly. Yeah, it's an easy budget. Yeah. So when you do that, what comes to my mind is this something that is now an annual tradition, or do you do it twice a year, or how? What is your program? It, it's your uh, Kelt classroom. Yep, the Kelt classroom. Uh, we do it once a year, right when school starts. Uh, so we actually start getting with the school, um, and actually next year we want to expand and do more than one teacher. Mm. We just wanted to try it out and see how it looked uh, on on this type of basis. But honestly, it, the more money I make as a realtor, the more teachers and things we can sponsor for that. Yeah, the more opportunity. Um, we, do, we even do a Kelp Christmas where we sponsor a family and, and we get them items for the holidays that they couldn't otherwise afford. And, you know, it's, I, I tithe to my community and I don't really go to church that often, but I tithe back easily 10% yeah. or more of my, my income. Oh, that is really wonderful. And it goes back right into your own community. I love that. That was a great story. Mm -hmm. And I'm really glad that you found that, Sydney. Okay, so um, giving back into the community, that makes it uh, wonderful. It ties into what we're going to talk about a little bit later on. But um, that whole hat in the ring. Um, What are the top three skills that you think are the most valuable a person that's considering going into real estate should have? So... First and foremost, time management. Oh, that yeah. is always, not only will that help you in real estate and just in life, but it's the way technology is working, you're having to handle way more clients than they previously used to. You know, I I know personally to hit the numbers that I need to hit, I need to talk to literally thousands of people. Mm-hmm. And that means prospecting, th- you know, tens of thousands mm-hmm. of people, actually having conversations about real estate with thousands and then getting hundreds pre-approved and send them through the pipeline. So if you aren't able to block out your time and, and really understand what how long things take, this is not the career for you. Mm. Um, you also need to be really working on computer skills. I have an AI assistant. I have... Uh, okay, so for our listeners, they may not know what AI means. Why don't you uh, enlighten them? So it's an artificial intelligence. Um, so it's a chat bot that's behavior-based, and so it picks up keywords. You know, like if, if my chat bot texts you and you say, I'm sorry, I've been, I haven't communicated with you. My grandfather died the other week. The chat bot will actually send condolences and send me an alert that tells me, hey, they just had a major issue in their life. Mm-hmm. You may want to reach out personally. And the chatbot knows the word death me or understands everything in that sentence. It does. It's that is really, amazing. The stuff they're doing with it now is absolutely insane. But it's allowing me to triple my, you know, triple the business that I can do today that a realtor twenty years ago couldn't do. Mm-hmm. I can afford to take on a hundred different prospects at a time because I have tools that are automated to let me do that. But you have to know how to set them up. They all have to talk to each other. You know, Zapier, getting into your cPanel mm-hmm. on on your websites, creating landing pages, things like that. Um, so being tech savvy, time management, and then the third, it's going to be understanding how the marketing changes. Um, Is it not? I think day by day. If sometimes. You know, hour by hour, I've seen changes. I go, well, where did this go now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, it's it's understanding where the marketing's going. Um, I don't spend any money on traditional media. It's all online. Every single dime I spend is online, and uh, it's. But even that is changing. How I spend my money is different. Where I spend my money, in what fashion, how the ads change, video versus audio versus you know photos. I, that's all going to be really, really key pieces that continue to evolve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that ties in. We have a show afterwards. It's all about artificial intelligence and uh, VR. In a couple of weeks, we go to um, the biggest simulation and training conference in the United States. Mm-hmm. It's down at the Orange County Convention Center. It's called ITSEC. Okay. And Thursday is their education day. It's something for the past 
four years. Um, my company, we volunteer, and we get to escort um, either high school kids, middle school kids that have an interest in the Internet of Things, but it's really more about artificial intelligence. It's about virtual reality, mixed reality. Um, anything that's the latest thing that's going on in the defense sector, the government, education, and healthcare. it's like the big industries that use these things. Um, the kids get to walk around on the on the floor and just see everything uh, that they have heard about and some things that they can't even imagine that's out there. Um, for adults, it's kind of like an adult Halloween. So you get to go and um, the, there's no other people on the floor. It's just um, the kids and the chaperones from the schools and then whoever the businesses are that would like to come and be involved with it. And we get to walk around so and see the, the coolest things. So the technology that was there last year that made a big impression on me was a floor that you stood on, and there was a big screen the size of, like, bigger than this wall that's behind us. Um, and it felt like I was in a helicopter. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm standing in it because the, the floor that I'm on, which is like a big carpet, um, it wasn't a carpet, but of that type, it's vibrating, it's moving, and then I'm as I'm watching the screen, uh, somebody's flying the helicopter. And I noticed that I started weaving and moving the same mm -hmm. as it was. And then there's the sounds that are going on. So it's hitting all as many of your senses as it possibly can. And it truly was replicating that experience. My brother is a helicopter pilot for the Army, and uh, he teaches that. So I've been able to go into that simulator, and I thought that was an incredible thing. That was like years ago when he first got in. It's, it's leap years beyond what it was when he first joined the Army. So... That, that whole artificial intelligence and the VR experience, that's really something we, we need to pay attention to. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And it leads into what do you think the real estate industry is going to look like 10 to 20 years from now? So this is actually a really interesting question because, believe it or not, it could actually look exactly the same or totally different career path. Um, so the really interesting thing excuse me, that's going on with um, real estate right now is the iBuyer model. Mm -hmm. So you've got large platforms that are, at, at the end of the day, hedge funds. They're being funded by Silicon Valley hedge funds, D.C., Boston, and they're all automated. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> the goal is to try to take out the role of the realtor, the real estate agent, because they believe we add an unnecessary fee. And the reason it could stay exactly the same, i.e. it goes back almost a few years before the iBuyers, is because realtors are a luxury. I, I understand that not everybody has to use me. They can go sell their house their own way, just the way that you can represent yourself in court without an attorney. Is it a great idea? Maybe. Depends on the person. But overall, it sounds like a lot better idea than it probably is. So if the iBuyers aren't able to succeed, and right now they're, they're losing money hand over fist, uh, mm -hmm. their quarterly reports aren't coming out real well, Zillow is reporting losses on it, mm -hmm. um, Redfin's reporting losses on it, even Realogy, which is the largest uh, brokerage in the nation, um, is reporting losses on it. So it could revert back, or it could become almost a, a service-based industry. So that's why I said earlier, you need to focus on your value add. So I'm not just a realtor. I, I've actually I helped a client. Um, I'm a, a purveyor of people, if you will, a purveyor of data. So I helped a client. I was trying to get um, to to use use me as a real estate agent and a referral agent. So he casually mentioned, uh, is it Pavarotti, the opera singer? Um, yeah. He he came to the Dr. Phillips Center this year, last year. It was, it was very recent, and he mentioned just in passing that he just missed the cutoff to get tickets. So what did I do? I called a favor from a buddy who called a favor from a buddy, and I got him those tickets. And oh, I am now his sole referral agent because I was the one who not only heard him, but took it to heart, found a solution, and got it for him. And uh, Yeah, you can't get that from a robot. No, you no. cannot. And uh, you, you don't get the follow-up either. All of my clients know they can call me for any reason afterwards. Mm -hmm. I have network industries uh, for referrals from birthdays to weddings to photographers to bakers to all your home good stuff mm -hmm. you know if you need a, a plumber or a handyman 
So I am a lifelong realtor. I'm a lifelong connection. And uh, that's, I think, you're either going to see it stay exactly the same where it goes back before iBuyer, or you're going to see realtors become more client-driven and single-agent fiduciaries where they provide a, a service outside of real estate. Yeah. Now, I think, um, yeah, I... I... I think I can see where it is that where you're saying that because right now there's a lot of companies that uh, a person that just wants to do the research, turn around and sell their house. They can do it online. They can work with an online service and certainly do that. Um, they can buy a house that way. I, I don't mm -hmm. quite understand it, but you know, it's possible you buy a house sight unseen. Yep. Um, I'm an experiential person, so I like to be able to touch it and, and, you know, see it and many of my, as many of my senses as possible. Uh, you know, do that. With real estate, I know that they've used drones to come and do the tours that, um, you know, people can buy and sell online. Um, you can even do that across the world. You're not limited to just here um, in your own country or in your own state. But I feel like, you know, people were, were built for relationships, were mm -hmm. made for relationships. And I think that people want that. And, yep. you know, there's you can you can be in a car. You can have the little you know backup camera that can tell you everything. But if you become totally dependent upon all of the technology mm -hmm. around you, and you think that that you don't do your checks and balances to make sure, oh, I need to look and make sure I'm not going to, because technology can fail, and Absolutely. you know you could lose all of your money because you just gave it to some you know person in another country and you didn't mean to do that. Um, you you need people. You know, just to just bounce an idea past them and say, well, I'm thinking about doing it this way. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. And and that's why I stay relationship driven. Um, I I don't want people to replace me with a robot mm -hmm. because you can't. Mm -hmm. I'm irreplaceable. And that's that's has to be the future for any agent coming into this business. How are you going to be irreplaceable? Because mm -hmm. most agents are replaceable. I see it all the time. I'm an up-and-comer, but I've gotten phone calls from agents saying, you stole my client. Mm. Well, I don't steal anything. People yeah, call right. me. I don't they make, make a choice. I don't make right. outbound marketing calls. I'm, yeah. I only take inbound receiving calls. And so if your client is calling me, it's because you were replaced. Mm -hmm. So you have to create the value. Yeah, and you have to really establish a relationship there. So we're going to take a break right now and do a patron announcement. Okay, so our patron today is Starter Studio. Okay. Okay, Starter Studio is a pioneering hub for innovative and tech-enabled entrepreneurs and that empowers and provides resources for them. <laughs> for entrepreneurs, creatives, and innovators to begin, grow, and flourish in Central Florida. They offer open community educational programs, accelerators, Accelerators, <laughs> just did a th funding just and collaborative workspaces. Starter Studio fosters a community serving as a platform for the ideas of the future. Their website is www.starterstudio.org. Thank you, Starter Studio, for being a patron of the Intern Whisperer. All right, so this is the second part of our show, and it's all about internships and remembering somebody that gave us a chance. So I'm going to kind of flip some of the questions around. Um, now, I know I had asked you this question when we were talking. Um, were you ever an intern? And if so, what was that experience like? I was an intern, and I was a terrible intern. Mm. <laughs> that is so honest of you so, to, to say that. I was I was interning as a, a legal clerk um, with actually my mentor Philip Capro, and I was young. I was actually at Seminole State College. It was for part of my AS for legal studies, and I didn't have really good communication. <laughs> um, he would ask me to get projects done, and I got all my projects done. I absolutely, I never left him hanging. I got everything accomplished in the de deadline, but I never told him where I was. So he might give me a project that was expected to be done next month, and I'd get it done, but there was no two-week update, three-week update, and uh, I wasn't necessarily good at answering my phone either. Um, uh. So he 
told me very honestly when we finished the internship, he said I was terrible. Mm. And I wasn't ready to hear that at 21, 22 years old or mm-hmm. however old I was. But I called him after I went to UCF and started mock trial. I was a coach um, for the team. And <laughs> I called him up and said, Phil, you were so right. I was a terrible intern. <laughs> Now that I'm doing it, now that I'm the boss, so to speak, I'm trying to manage these college kids to come to practice, it's hurting cats. And I understand what communication, how easily our, all the stress would have been relieved just by talking to you. Yeah. Um, and so I was, I was truly, it was a good experience. I learned from it. Um, and actually it was a, a life learning experience yeah. to be told off so honestly. Yeah. Um, Sometimes it's that little slap in the yep. face that it, it really takes like, <laughs> oh, my God, I am bad at this. Yep. And then how do I do better? And then, you know, you can always choose to do a 180. Yep. Always choose. Um, one of the things that and they've heard me all say this is when you tell me that you can take something off of my shoulders, I am going to be so grateful because if I don't have to come through and correct things or. You know, if I tell you something and you remember it the first time and it gets done, that's amazing. But to to make today we had a team meeting and it was like, okay, how do we make something happen? I want to see 300 students signed up on our platform by the end of the year. And we were setting that. I set it as a goal. I'm not sure if everybody in the room and those that are listening, um, you know, the rest of all of my team here, uh, if they went, yeah, we're going to do that. Uh, but I'm hoping that they are buying into that because I also have a sales goal, like what you were talking about. And I have employers that I need to have signed on to it so I can hit my goals and right. be able to get it there. The biggest thing that I think anybody that's in an internship should see is take that as a challenge and go, that's a measurable result. Mm-hmm. And if you can actually make that happen for somebody, you can talk about that for a long time. And you, they definitely have my attention. Yep. And it's always about how do you stand out? Well, listen to what the, the pain point is that I'm sharing in this instance and take it and run with it and tell me if you can make that happen. Yep. Uh, it's something that's bragging rights is how I see it. You, you get to have that. So um, I'm really uh, glad that you were very candid about that experience. <laughs> uh, that's a good thing because many times people will say, no, the employer was hor- horrible. Well, that could be true, but, you know, did you who has power, uh, what did you do to make that not horrible for yourself or for the employer? You don't have to wait for somebody else to do it. Okay, so, Sydney? What would it look like for a student to intern with you at your business? For me, it would be... I would think marketing. You would have somebody help you with marketing. It it probably would be. Um, it would actually, it would still be a lot of phone calls. So even yeah. though I'm so automated and so on Facebook and all of that, I I probably send out 85 text messages on a slow day. Wow. And mm. I probably make 15 calls on a slow day. Wow. Um, if I'm really blocking out my time and I'm saying, all right, I'm going to, I need people in my pipeline. Otherwise my family doesn't eat. I could easily send out 200 text messages and make 50 to 60 calls. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't use a dialer. So those are actual like, people in my database that I'm choosing to call. Um, and I did, I, ha- I had to do that this year. So as an intern, you would be expected to scrub the lead, so to speak. So when a lead comes in, you need to be able to make that first contact and, and have those conversations, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's through a script or whatever. Um, you'd also be churning a lot of my everyday content. So I, I pull a lot of my images and and things like that from various websites and so you would be scouring those websites the the labor driven stuff um to help me out to reduce my workload and then the other key piece would just be um another large time suck if you will Mm -hmm. is pulling data off the mls so when Mm -hmm. an expired listing goes out you take the information and then you have to get the you have to scrub the information which you know, you need the person's actual address. If they don't live at that house, you need mm-hmm. their emails, their phone numbers. And uh, and that takes time to go through mm-hmm. and find out, you know, have they been listed with another agent? Mm-hmm. And that that's all time that I can throw out and actually do. I, I have a, a virtual assistant um, that does all of that work for me, but I could easily offload to a, an intern. Yeah, that sounds um, pretty good. So one of the things that... 
I had also asked um, the people on this team is to how would we get that message out. So Sydney has some really great ideas. She was contributing them, and um, Amanda had some really great ideas. So we're going to see how much of that gets implemented um, and out there. And I know that Sydney's already put a mm-hmm. text out there in uh, Facebook asking if uh, you know there's a way that we could come and do some speaking to yes. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So hopefully we'll see a good answer there. Right. I hope so. So that is a way to stand out. I'm just using that as an example right there because that made her go, in my eyes, go like all the way up to the moon. You know, (laughs) she was like up there. All right. So where are we next, Sydney? Sydney's running the show tonight, just Hmm. so you know. Okay. (laughs) So this is the section we want to ask you about you running for the City of Winter Springs Commission. So how do you see your role on the commission bringing change to Winter Springs? Okay, so take your time and be able to share this because this is like totally a, it's not a political endorsement of any type, but you can actually share whatever you wish that you would like your audience to know. So I've, I've always been a guy who just talks off the cuff. That's, that's kind of who I am. But part of that is because I read a lot. So I have a lot of information mm-hmm. in my head. So in this case, the reason you know I went for the city commission, what I intend to be able to do is that Local matters. That's really the key of it. That's why do I not send my money for charity to the Red Cross or something Mm -hmm. like that? Because there's middlemen there and I can do so much more impact directly. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to city commission, that is the legislative body for 35,000 people. Mm -hmm. Whether or not their water is healthy, whether or not the roads are patched, that is the most local impact you can make on their lives. The mm-hmm. everyday stuff that people shouldn't have to think about, that's what I intend to help with. Mm. Um, so local matters, it always matters, and you got to start at the local level. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm running for city commission. Mm-hmm. What would you think that, um, I mean, that's a, a general overview, but is there something, a problem that you see or the, the sit- people of Winter, Winter Springs have talked about that you'd really like to make that as an impact? Because it might not be changing the water and it might not be the roads, but what is it that you would see as something that you would really believe would make an impact based on the listening that you've done in your own community? Actually, believe it or not, in this case, it is the water. Uh, really? Okay. <laughs> so that is one of the large pieces that we're looking at. We just took on a, the city just took on a contract with a, a water consulting firm. Um, so there's, there, people don't like the taste and the quality and, and the, what they call the aesthetics of the water. So that is a, an issue that I'm looking very deeply into with infrastructure and budgeting and things like that. But as far as what people are genuinely talking about is positive growth. Yeah. A lot of people, you know, are maybe they're anti-development, but they don't, I don't think, and I don't say this to be condescending, but they don't necessarily know what that means. Now, what they, what I think they mean is they mean no more medium or high density housing, apartments, townhomes, things like that. But they want restaurants. They want commercial entities. They want a revitalized Winter Springs. And so what I bring to the table with that is I've got the financial background. I have a real estate background. So when it comes to business results and business forward thinking, you know, how do we create a vision to ensure, like I look at my company, what do I have to do today to make sure I'm in business in five years still? Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with the city, except your timeline's longer. What do we do today to make this city the same fantastic city it is today in 30 years? Mm -hmm. And that's the mindset you have to take. So the positive growth and trying to revitalize our business environment, particularly on the west side, um, I'd love to see incentives or competitions or seeing the city take an active role in bringing business directly to the city. And I think I have a, with my network and, and my background, I think I have a really unique perspective on that. Oh, wow. So. And and impacting water is, is huge mm-hmm. because you can live for a while without food and you can put up with roads, but water... You absolutely need to have that. And, and we already, there's a, I think it's in Michigan, uh, no, Detroit, where the water was really bad and it caused um, problems for the people that were in that area. I can't remember the name of the city, um, but it caused cancer. Yeah, it was and, Flint, Michigan. There, um, yeah. And and so one of the, what, what I like to tell people when they ask me, well, what are you going to do about the water, 
do you think the water's okay is usually the question I get. And I say yes. Our government has told us that it passes federal minimums, and I absolutely believe them when they say that. However, I've never taught my kid that minimum is okay. It's mm-hmm. never okay to do just enough. Mm-hmm. If you can get a C, you can get an A. And in this case, it's the same thing with the water, except we deserve an A. It's water. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I really like that analogy. <laughs> I really do. And I use the something similar. I go, well, do I want the C doctor or the A doctor mm-hmm. you know, working on me? Do I want a, a, a car mechanic that does C's on brakes or the A? No, I'm pretty sure I want the A. So... Uh, certainly an A is an indication of how hard I think that a person has worked, mm-hmm. um, but it does demonstrate a work ethic more than anything. It doesn't encompass like all knowledge, but it does demonstrate um, a certain level of of caring about what that presence is that they have and the ability to make a difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally get that. Good analogy, though. Yeah, minimum is not good enough. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Not in my household anyway. <laughs> no, and I, I will say there's good, there's great, there's extraordinary. What do you want to be? You know, yep. good is average to me. Right. Extraordinary, that's people that make stuff happen. Okay, so we are coming to the end of our show. Um, how can people find you? What's your website, your social feeds, phone number, all of that good stuff? So everybody can always reach me on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash kelp. You can also visit my website at www.kiltedteam.com. And uh, you can also, if you need to, send me an email at james at realestatekelp.com. Okay. Now, um, Sydney also found a way to embed that Facebook right into our show. So if um, people are out there, we I gave a challenge to everybody that's in the on, on my team is to start sharing our content because it gets it off of the refrigerator and out into the community. Um, so I'm going to hope to see that you get a lot of response from mm. us sharing that. So we are, as I said, coming to the end of the show. Um, we love you, Q. Thank you for everything you do here for us. Uh, thank you to Valencia College Radio um, and Valencia College. We get to be in this great studio. We like it so much. Um, great atmosphere. And thank you to Lacey, who lets me in the room today and has done so for a while. And interns also get to have real hands-on experience. Shout out, Sydney. I want to shout out Isabella for being a great boss oh, thank for the duration you. of my time with her during this internship. And I'm going to miss her. Yeah, I get a few more weeks with you, so I'm not yes. going <laughs> to be, yeah, because I get so to save the emotions. Yes. Yeah, save okay. the emotions because mm-hmm. like, no, I'm going to miss you like crazy. Um, James, who are your shout outs for? I'm actually going to shout out Brittany because Yay. not only did I text her that I was going to be on this and she didn't believe me, oh. but uh, she is not joining our chat and she has not called in with a question. So That is so true. And I saw her like it on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I know, Brittany. I'm very disappointed. I know. <laughs> she, she, I don't know. She must be at work tonight. That's okay. Yeah. But <laughs> we, we should see engagement after so we'll give well this is how we'll know if she listened to the show uh Brittany, we want to know that you shared the show and you wrote a comment so if you are listening to this um even in the recorded version we'll know that's that, right that's the challenge okay <laughs> so um that's good any other shout outs uh, i do want to give a shout out to my partner steve um he has come a long way and just uh well, he started in june with me and he is going heads over tails and really kicking butt. And uh, my other partner, Javier, uh, over at Home First Lending, trusted lender, solid guy. I've known both of them for 20 plus years. So good, mm-hmm. good people to work with. And I'm going to make sure that you give a shout out to your wife who she's actually <laughs> asked me to go and like your page, your new Facebook page. So I think you should give her a yeah. shout out. She, uh, she's been really good with... Um, all of it. Like she shares my real estate content and she actually made her own thing. And, and, uh, she's, she's like an awesome manager yeah. partner. <laughs> she's yeah. She does a lot of the, the campaign and executive assistant and all the stuff that I could do, but would rather not. Yeah. And that's, she's in there in the trenches every day. 
Okay, so my shout-out goes to everybody in the room. Thank you, Darius, Hernando, and Sydney, and Miranda. She wasn't feeling well, but she's joined in over here. So thank you, and thank you, Nicole. She's listening to the show also. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you to everybody else that's a part of the Interim Pursuit team, past, present, and uh, future. And just also a special thanks to all of our listeners. So that's who it all goes out to. So you can contact our show at info at internpursuit.tech, mm-hmm. phone number 321-422-2166. And you can like us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, all of those things. And you can listen to us live. And, oh, we are on all of the podcast channels, people. You can find us on Podbean, on Google Play, on Stitcher, on Spotify, and also on Apple Podcasts. And we're going to hope to be on iHeartRadio. Still waiting to find that one out. So that'll be cool. And as we close this show, we want to thank you for listening. And we've got this awesome music again from uh, Charles Fleming. I'm sorry, I was going to say James. It's Charles Fleming.